We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, whoop, that way, that guy right there. <laughs> I get that it's always the reverse of where you want to go. It's like, okay, wait a minute. No, he's, yeah. to, my, he's to my right. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I thought I had it worked out, too. And I, and, yeah, yeah, anyway. Uh, Brian Driscoll is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. The dynamic duo is back at it again. <laughs> uh, if you were with us yesterday, we broke down the offense. We talked about kind of our strengths uh, or what we feel are the strengths, the concerns, what the offense needs to do to, uh, you know, bring this team where we think it can be. And today we are going to do the very same thing with the defense. Um, and I, I will preface this entire conversation with uh, we do have an open practice today, uh, but it's only a half an hour version. Uh, so we're not going to do a specific podcast to cover the open part of practice, yeah. uh, but we will talk about it tomorrow. Uh, go right. ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was to say, look, the next two practices, do you have do you have practice availability tomorrow too, Vince? Today and tomorrow are the final two it, availabilities. It's two 30-minute deals right which means we're going to see stretch individual and maybe some team takeoff right maybe, we're yeah. not going to learn anything about this football team the next two days no nope. we're going to put content out other sites are going to put content out because we're going to tell you what we see right sure. from it and and that's our job right it, but i'm just letting you all know we're not going to learn anything new about this football team unless we see somebody injured then today or tomorrow right, right? right. So, yes. I mean, what this football team is going to be, we, we've seen as much as we're going to know to learn that between now and September 5th. Correct. Yeah. So just just preparing you for it. There's going to be some cool <laughs> highlights to get out of it. You know, Chris, right. is, are, we, we have someone that's going to be there you know, videoing today and tomorrow. And Vince is going to be there. Mike's going to be there. So, I mean, we're going to we're going to be there and we're going to cover it. I'm just letting you all know, like, there's going to be stuff to report on, but it's not going to be like, oh, wow, we learned this thing. And yeah, nothing. Earth so and so is going to yeah. be a great player now because we saw him do team takeoff, you know. Right. Uh, but part of that is, is because, look. Notre Dame's now in Florida State prep, yes. right? That's where we're at in football camp now. It's Florida Absolutely. State prep. It's situational prep. It's, you know, it's okay. Now we're, we we've kind of established the foundation. Now let's dive into it. And at the end of the day, we're going to learn a lot about this Notre Dame defense as we kind of dive into the season. Because honestly, in a lot of ways, Vince, I kind of feel like the defense is a little bit more of an unknown than the offense in some ways, you know, and. I, although there's more confidence that the defense is going to be good because of our confidence in Marcus Freeman, the talent returning, and the fact that they've been so good the last three, four years. But in a lot of ways, there's still a lot we don't know in the, as far as the detail. I, right. I know what Tommy Reese likes to do run game-wise. I don't know which is going to get the greater emphasis, but I don't think we're going to see a bunch of new concepts we've never seen before. Right, exactly. The defense is like, yeah, I don't really know what Marcus Freeman's going to do with this group of players. You know, yeah, we've talked he, he, to sources yeah, yeah. and we've talked to yeah. him and all those kind of things, but we're not going to really know until we get to Florida State. And so, there, the, even though there's a great deal of confidence inside of the ball, there's still a lot to learn. There and is. that's the reason I like, I wish I could just kind of hit. Remember the movie Click with Adam Sandler? With Adam Sandler. Like, I wish I had a thing where I could just kind of fast forward the next two weeks and just kind of <laughs> get to, you know, 
the Friday, you know, that Sunday where they play Florida State. But uh, well, in the know, manner in that, which practice goes for the defense as well uh leaves a lot to the imagination you guys don't see much anything beyond defensively yeah they, they do they and they work a lot of individual stuff which is good i mean they're working fundamentals they're working a lot of that stuff and granted it was fall camp uh so that's what you're supposed to do right and so maybe we'll see a little bit more team defense doubtful not holding my breath obviously um but you know we're not going to see depth chart movement you know as much that you know in the next two days we're, we're just not going to because that's not what these next this next week and a half is all about uh for this team it's not about depth chart movement it's not about that kind of stuff it's about hey the, what's florida state gonna throw there will be some of that to a right. degree right right but it's not like a kid who's buried on the third team is all of a sudden going to start in two weeks exactly exactly uh, but that's what makes it fun and that's what yeah. makes this kind of the year this is this is that time where as coaches you start to really get fired up because you're like okay we're now focusing on an opponent like, yes we've got now something to really really kind of bur- you know burrow in on and and that's the the fun part and it so we're gonna start part, learning a lot about this defense but before we do that you know we have a lot we want to talk about between now and yes. then about this defense and that's what we're gonna do today so we're gonna kind of take our our final deep dive into this defense talk about what are the things that we think we're going to see what are the questions that still remain because there's always questions about a football team until you actually see them together uh, even if you return all 22 starters and all you know and, right. and, and and all your coaches and all that you still don't know what the offseason will do for your football team good or bad right and so those are the things we're going to learn but today Vince you, you know when you look at this group even though new coordinator new safeties coach you lost two starters to the NFL at defensive end. You lost an All-American linebacker. You lost another cornerback to the NFL who's doing pretty good right now for the Buffalo Bills. Nick McLeod's having a really good camp. Had an interception in their last scrimmage. You lose Sean Crawford. There's a lot of there's a lot of question marks around this defense. But for some reason, this entire offseason, I've just had a sense of peace that at the very least, this defense is going to keep doing what it's been doing in recent seasons. Well, yeah, and and, and there, there's a lot of known commodities uh, that are on this defense that we feel like we know what they're going to be. Uh, even if they, if we think that they're going to take another step or, you know, maybe they might be in a new position like Myron Tagovailoa-Mosa, you know, I still have a lot of confidence in MTA, even though he's at a new position. I think he might be at the right position uh, for him now as well and, and the game that he plays. And, you uh, I am more confident in what the Will linebacker is going to bring to this defense. I'm more confident in what the Mike linebacker is going to bring to this defense because of the Will linebacker, right? Uh, I, I'm confident that that Kyle Hamilton's going to take another step. I mean, there's a lot of areas where I don't necessarily have question marks, although my question mark is, man, what could this defense look like? Like in a good way, you know? And And I feel like Marcus Freeman, as the new defensive coordinator – He's walking into a situation where, you know, we know that he knows his X's and O's. We know that he is good at developing talent. We know that he can take – I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I'm going to say it, and you can take it how you want, but he can take inferior talent and and turn it into – Relative a, to Notre Dame. Thank right. you. I appreciate right. that. Uh, but turn it into a great team defense, you know, whether that's schematically, whether that's coaching guys up, all of that. And now he walks into a place like Notre Dame where arguably across the board he's got better pieces to put into his defensive puzzle, and he's just got to be laying in bed at night like, yeah, what can I do with these guys? You know, what what can we do to, uh, you know, mess with some offenses? Like that. that's how I feel – about this defense. I, I feel like Marcus Freeman is is kind of the he's playing chess and he's got all these awesome pieces and he's going to be able to move them around. And and I'm I, my anticipation uh, is is very positive and very high to see how he moves those pieces around and what they look like. So um, while I'm very confident in the defense, I still have questions as to what they're going to look like as a group under Marcus Freeman. Vince, you're saying that as an analyst sitting at home, you know, dang well, if you were still coaching and you were in Marcus Freeman's shoes, that whole laying at night like this, that happened a month ago. You're now two <laughs> weeks out. Now you're like, you're oh, right. my gosh, are we ready? Have we done enough? Yeah. Do we have this in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, Absolutely. It's when he walked in the door. Camp, that's, right? yeah. that's that part of camp you're at. You know, hey, look, it's 
And then as you get into game week, you're like, okay, yeah, we're good to go. You know, but right. yeah, he's at that point in time where it's like, okay, what are we really going to do? And, you know, I, I think the defensive staff has a lot of confidence because one of the things I was told by a couple sources was that in the middle of fall camp, they started kind of pulling guys out. You know, hey, let's rest this guy. Let's rest that guy. You don't do that if you're if you're not happy with the direction you're going in camp. And, and so I, especially up front, I've heard that a lot about the D line. So that's a good thing. That tells me again, that, that they like where they're at. They, they think that they're in a good place. And, you know, I guess I'm at that point now where it's like all my confidence is now is still there, but it's, it's, I just have more questions now as we get closer and closer to the season. And when you look at the things I'm most confident in, however, it, it is that I, I, I do believe that Marcus Freeman will have this defense rolling at a very high level at some point this season. Yes. Agreed. The flip side of my question is, okay, is there going to be growing pains? Mm -hmm. Is there going to take time for this group to kind of get on the same page for guys learning? Because there are guys learning new positions, as you mentioned. The Vipers are are being asked to do things they weren't asked to do in the past. Myron Tugvaloa is a new spot. The linebackers are being asked to do some things they didn't do in the past. The coverage schemes are a little bit different. There's a lot more going to be a lot more press coverage and aggressive coverages than there was last year when it was a lot of off coverage and safe coverages and things like that. So then you look at it and say, okay, well, you know, how's hot Kyle Hamilton going to adapt to being the guy last year? He was the other guy, you know what I right. mean? Be with Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. And now he is the guy. How's he going to handle that? How, how are teams going to game plan for him? So there's a lot of those question marks still that still have to be answered. And I think that's to me where where I'm at with the defense now is it's an excitement, but it's an excitement uh, from the unknown. I still don't know what we're going to see with certain things, but the things that I am like I'm not worried about is I feel like in at least three spots this defensive line is set to be really really good. I think at the three technique, when you look at Jason Adamiola, I think he's going to be a bust out. I look at Riley Mills. It's great right. to hear he's having a great game. One of the intel pieces we put out on the message board at Irish Breakdown was before fall camp was, look, Riley did not have a good spring camp. And there were some questions that, hey, he might get beat out by a couple other guys. And then he he responded to that. My understanding is that Riley knew that. He responded to that by having a great fall camp from what we've been told. And then what you guys saw with your own eyes. Yeah, well, yeah, what we saw Thursday right. was because what can happen, Vince, and you know this is we get to see two out of twenty-five prep, two two out of two full practices. So like you won't, we're only, you're only going to see team twice, right? So right. you can see, oh, we guys had six practices. All the individual and stretch that stuff doesn't tell you a thing. If a guy doesn't look good in individual, he shouldn't be on scholarship at the University of Notre Dame, right? Hundred <laughs> percent agree. If with a guy that, doesn't yes. look good in team takeoff. He should be he should be playing at Indiana State, not Notre Dame. Okay, uh, so they're of course they're going to look good. We haven't seen team periods. We haven't. We've seen like two one on ones, two seven on sevens. That's it. So a, a guy could have a great practice and say, "Wow, you know, so and so looks great." But in reality, that was like one of only two good practices he's had all fall camp. Or a guy could have a bad practice and he's like, "Oh, this guy struggled." But like that's the only off day he's had all fall camp. We don't right. know the answers to that. So part of this, we have to rely on sources. And so while you guys have been in practice, I've been trying to do some digging and talking to sources. And so when I'm hearing Riley's name consistently of, wow, this guy's really stepping up, I, I think that's impactful. And I think part of the reason Riley is stepping up is because of Jason Adam Yola. He set that bar so high. It's yeah. like, hey, if you guys want to get on the field, you better do something because this dude is a monster. Like right now, what's my justification for taking him off the field and putting you on the field? Right. right? Okay. All right. I see you, coach. I'll show you why you should also play me. And then Riley says, it's kind of like, I remember interviewing Alex Bars a few years ago. And he talked about how when he played with Quentin Nelson, it's kind of like you knew every day there was a standard you had to try to live up to because of Quentin. And when I look at this defensive line and I see Jason Adamiola, who's a monster talent, and then I see beside him two captains, Kurt Heinisch and Myron Tungvaloa Mosa, two stars who are captains. It's like, there's a bar being raised with that group that says you need to match it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's, that's partly where my confidence comes from up front at those three spots, the three technique, the nose and the big end. The one spot where I still have some question marks is the Viper. Sure. I feel like the expectations on Isaiah Foskey have gone past what it should be for this season, especially early. My expectation have not changed. I think he's going to flash. I think he's going to have some really impressive moments. But my concern is, is, is he starting to feel that pressure? Yeah. That's a question that I have. And, and 
are they going to then will the coaches start getting impatient with him because their expectations are higher than they should be? Right. And Marcus Freeman said something at the very beginning where he talked about everybody tells me that Foskey should be a first round pick and all that. I don't expect Isaiah Foskey to play like a first round pick this year. I expect him to flash the talent of a first round pick. But if he doesn't let Matt live up to that standard, are they going to get impatient with him? Are they going to play other guys more because those guys are at least more steady, even though they're not as high upside? Mm-hmm. Those are the questions that sometimes concern me going into this time of the year. So even though I'm I'm really confident in the the other three positions and the depth, the Vipers still have some, you know, I'm, we're still hearing that just Jordan Patel is working with the third team. Why? Why after working with the second team and having a great spring, is he with is he not playing as well? Is he injured? Is there something to the stuff that was discussed this offseason? Is it just because Justin Adamiola is playing so great? Uh, those are all questions that, that to me, leave enough concern in the back of my mind, Vince, to say I'm not quite sure what we're going to get from the Viper position this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I think that's that's fair. Uh, and and everything, you know, obviously we talk as media members when we're at, at practice, and that's kind of the prevailing thought is that Isaiah Foskey isn't living up to those expectations. And and but the problem is, I think those expectations are a little high, like right. you said, um, right. because he hasn't really flashed at practice. Now, the one practice we were at, yeah, right. That's that's the other problem. It's like exactly, and and but that's what we get to see. So of course we have to form opinions based on what we see, et cetera. But, Which is the one problem with open availability. Exactly. Is people start formulating big-picture opinions from very, very day. small. I mean, if you think of yeah. the number of reps that they've taken now, they're they're getting close to, to you know, the, by the end of the week, they'll be at, like, practice 20. And and you guys have seen Yeah, so this two. is today. Today is technically practice 14. Right. Right. You sure about that? Well, that's what it says on the email. On the – Okay. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. So then they're not going to get to their 25 practices by the first game of the season. Yeah, today's 14, tomorrow's 15. Okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I wonder, well, they've sent us a lot of incorrect information this year so yeah, far. They, so they, they said that, that Thursday the full open practice was 12, and then today is 14. So that yeah. means they only had one practice between Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And that's not accurate. So, okay. So, yeah, you, so they're they're beyond 14. Yeah. But but still they're going to by the end of the week as I said they're going to be you know around 20. And so we you've how many how many team reps have you have had do you think they've taken this so far in camp? How many one-on-ones oh have they taken? Uh, right? Hundreds, and then what percentage hundreds. of that have you guys actually seen? Right. Very small. That's the issue with oh so and so didn't look good in this one right. practice we got to see. Right. You know, but I, I think sometimes the problem becomes more the expectations. But my concern is sometimes coaches can fall victim to that as well. And that's that's my and look. We all we all have done that where one guy's playing better than you think and another guy's not playing as good as you think. So you start to say, well, maybe I'm just going to go with this guy. When in reality, if you just got rid of the expectations, this other guy's still playing better. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, my, and, and the and other thing is the one the one practice that we saw, Brian, was they were clearly working on the Viper in coverage. And so exactly. it wasn't a pass rush practice. Right. It just wasn't. Right. And so, I, yeah, he's not going to I flash. had somebody tell me after that practice, um, and this is why I was glad that you were there, because you told me that. like he, We hardly ever saw him pass rush. And when he did, it was up the middle. Because I had somebody call me and say, hey, yeah, I heard I heard from one of the – somebody that, that, that you know, Foskey wasn't getting any pressure on the quarterback. 
Like that's how it goes, right? I'm like, well, right. Right. yeah, it's kind of hard to do that when you're dropping into coverage. You know right. what I mean? He was in space. That's when I noticed him. Is when he was in right. space, and it was the a point. Lot. Being, however, is I, I think that that's that the narrative is to me is 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 something I'm 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 concerned about. Sure. But beyond that, I'm actually more concerned about what level of play are we going to get from that position this year? And and if it does struggle, what what do they do? Do they you know the the so those are the things that I, that I'm that I think are 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 are, are interesting in yes. a storyline that I'm I expect this defensive line still to be great. That position, however, to me is going to determine whether it's going to be a a really good defensive line or an elite defensive line. Sure. Yeah. And, and, I, and there's three yeah. guys there. I mean, it's yeah. it's Foskey, it's Adam Yola, Jace, Justin, and then Patelho. Two of those guys have to have to play at a high level. It, right. it, I don't care which two, but they need two of them to do it. And if they do, then I think that group will be just fine. Because it it's still a very talented group. Yeah. No question about it. Well, and another question that I have concerning the defensive line before we move on to another group is, we, Justin, from what we have seen, so I will preface it with that, what we have seen, Justin has been working exclusively as the number two Viper. I'm, I guess I'm interested to see when they go to kind of that backup or whoever comes in for uh, MTA, right? Is it going to be Justin or is it going to be Nana, right? Like that – is he being cross-trained as like the next man in, like the sixth man offensive lineman? Or will it be Riley Mills? Right. So those kind of questions are still in mind. What's or that Alexander Aaronsberger? Like? Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and that goes more towards what Marcus Freeman kind of wants to do and what he sees from these guys, right? And so, yeah, that that's what I'm going to be keeping my eye on the most, I think, on September 5th, is what does that rotation look like when that next group comes in, is it are they going to go with a four? Are they going to go with a three? You know, yeah, are they going to bump Riley Mills out to big end? Uh, which I think is a great idea, by the way, just as an aside. Um, so yeah, that that's where I'm interested to see. Is it a straight twos, you know, that we've been seeing, mm -hmm. or is there going to be some variation in there? And I don't think that's what we're going to see from our from our, I think Marcus Freeman's thinking outside the box a lot. I I, I, I think there's gonna be times we may see Jason Adamiole out there just depending on what they can do. A lot of versatility yeah. with this group. I, I think by the end of the year we're gonna have to say we're gonna have to really rethink how we identify positions in this defense. I, I, I just that's what I'm that's a prediction that I have. Right. So yeah, so that I mean that's that's where the defensive line and and, and again I, I still expect it to be at least a very good group. I want to make sure people are clear yes. on that. It's, I still expect to be a very good defense. We're just now talking about, okay, now that we're getting close to the season, let's talk about what could be the difference between it being very good and, and it being elite. Right. And it's that Viper spot to me that's that's the big question mark. And then if if Jordan Patejo and Foskey start balling, does that then say, okay, now we can start using Justin Moore as a big end? Right. You know, and, and so those are all the things that we're going to find out here uh, over – but from what I'm told, Vince, is is what we've seen in practice is you've seen him, Justin, as, as primarily Viper. That's what I'm told we're, we've, okay. we're, we're, that's happening when we're not there. Okay. So now is that just them doing that just to make sure that he can get ready for Viper because they already know that he can play big end? That's another question that we got to sure. find out. So, again, this is what makes this time of the year fun, right? And I wish I was at practice every day and I didn't have these question marks, but, you know, we're, we're not there every day. And so we I don't. Yeah, exactly. I wish you know? we were there every day. Yeah. So, yeah. So my confidence level in the defense is I want to make sure has not changed in the defensive line. It has not changed. It's just more of a setting an expectation for, for the, you know, what it's going to be, for what, reality it, what and, it can be, yeah. what it will be. And then also saying, okay, here, this is also sort of a, what I'm looking for. Sure. So as we get into the Florida state game, the Toledo game, the Purdue game, these are the things I'm going to be looking for. What's the second level and you know, what's the second unit doing when they're in the game, right. what's happening at Viper? How are they using the big end position when, when Myron's on the bench, all those things are, are, are more about, here's what we're looking to see. You want to know what to watch when the game starts on, on so Sunday, September 5th, that that's, that's something right there yeah. that we need to be looking for. I think the other thing, too, for me, Vince, is I'm a lot more confident at linebacker now than I was when fall camp kicked off. Yeah. And a big re you've mentioned two of them already. What you have seen and then what we've heard from sources about Drew White and Maris Luafau has me a, a, a lot more, okay, I think they're going to be good. 
Mm-hmm. I think it'll be pretty good than where I was. Yeah. We thought, like we said, we think it can be good, but it was a big question mark. I'm a lot more confident in that group now than I was when fall camp started. Well, and I think for me, the confidence level is higher uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, what I, what we've seen from Marist, um, you know, in the spring and in the fall. Uh, and, I, you know, we saw him basically take over the first practice that we were there. And it was it was very impressive and, and with everything that he was doing. This the, another reason for me, uh, and I'll I'll stay with the will. Uh, so another reason at the will position is JD Bertrand has played exceptionally well, and Maris is still a one, and and that tells me that JD is pushing and pushing and pushing, and Maris is reacting, 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 and is you know is still is still that number one even after all of that. Um, so that makes me very happy. That's a great one to punch. I think right now at will. And then as far as Drew White is concerned, look, we saw a very, very productive Drew White in 2019. And so we know that Drew White can be productive at the mic. And but we saw was, a really productive Drew White. La- I mean, he had more tackles for loss last year than he did the year before. Sure. Absolutely. That's the, that's the thing that is intriguing, Vince. I, I'm sorry. I just want to interrupt. No, no, no. It's a good like, point. He had more tackles in yes. 2019. Right. He had more tackles for loss last year, but he also played a lot fewer snaps and won fewer game. So right. even on fewer snaps, he still had more tackles for loss. Sure. So the production's been there. It's the consistency of production. You go right. watch him one game and he looks like a million bucks, and then you go watch him against Alabama and you're like, why is this guy on the field? Right. That was the concern with Drew last year. Was yeah. there's, there's just more of those those highs and lows where when he was good, he was really good. When he was yeah. down, he was a liability. Right, and then you had another liability at Will linebacker. I mean, it was exactly. just flat out, outside of two games, it was a liability all year. It was not and, a liability against yeah. South Florida, and it was not a liability the first time against Clemson. Yep, that and, was I, it. and I, I do feel like part of that was because was I, I feel like Drew was trying to cover for the Will linebacker. Mm-hmm. I do feel that that right. was part of his inconsistency. And from what I saw in the two practices that we were able to see, eleven on eleven, a little bit of team stuff, he's all around the football. He he's mm-hmm. not worried about the Will right now because the Will is locked down. And, you know, and Drew is able to play Drew's style of football and Drew is around the football all the time. And, you know, he he's not going to be a headline guy. You know, he, he's just not because that's not his personality. That's not the way he is necessarily. But he's going to be around the football. He's going to be making plays. And, you know, it's funny to me, though, also, Brian, is that we are spending a lot of time talking about the will and the mic. We don't talk about the rover that often mm-hmm. because of how confident we are in what Jack Kaiser is going to be able to do at the rover position. I well, Jack Kaiser, and I also think that part of that for me, Vince, is my confidence in Marcus Freeman. Sure, that he's going to find what Isaiah Pryor is good at and give yeah. him a chance to do that. And like I said last practice, Isaiah Pryor flashed. He, right, he was because flying around the. Let football. me ask you a question: How many snaps of did you see of him in coverage during team stuff? Uh, zero or not many. Uh, it, that's the thing. He was flying to the football. Right. And if, I mean, right. if, if you call pass coverage, you know, getting out into the flat and, you know, and nailing down a guy who, who, you know, caught a screen pass, uh, that that's different. Right. I mean, that's just him going downhill, finding the football, making a play. Right. And that's where you mm-hmm. take advantage of his athleticism. He's not taking drops and, you know, doing those kinds of things. And so I agree with you. I think that's where Isaiah Pryor is going to be at his best. And Marcus Freeman is going to find that. And that's so far what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And no question about it. And it's been it's it's been great to see uh, because Isaiah Pryor is an athlete you want on the field. Right. But you can't right. you don't want to put him in a position to fail, obviously. But he is a guy you can take advantage of his skill set. Right. Uh, and I think that they're going to do that a little bit more this year. We have a super chat here real quick, Vince. Woo! Uh, Mark has managed. Thank you for that, Mark. Appreciate the super chat. And he says, what is the biggest change from last year to this year that leads to confidence for Houston Griffith to finally reach his potential other than the new DC? So, Mark, we are going to get to that here in a second. But I yes. did want to just I, – I wanted to get his super chat up because we're going to kick off this next section about that. But I did want to first finish up on the linebacker thing. From everything that we've been told, Vince – Shane Simon's better now than he was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not a lot, but better. And and he's battling to get on the field. Not yeah. not start, get on the field. Yeah. And I think part of that, we haven't heard much about Bo Bauer. I've heard Bo's had a solid camp, but 
Drew White's established? Is Drew White's doing what you'd hope a, a veteran captain, two-year starter would do? And so those are the things to me. And then, you know, I was told by a source before fall camp started it that that the coaches felt Maris Lufau was the linebacker that had the highest potential, the highest upside of anybody on that on that roster at linebacker, which is it's just saying a whole lot, you know. And I have I have this friend of mine who literally calls me every day at one o'clock, <laughs> knowing that I'm in the podcast. I tell him every day, "Hey, dude, I'm do I, we do a podcast," and he still calls. So I got every my time about that. I got my. <laughs> so anyway, um, but you, you look at the linebacker position, and to me, that's kind of more my confidence. It's like, look, here yeah. as a coach, that you always somebody's gonna start, right? It's just is it someone starting because somebody seized hold of it or somebody was the best option? Right. And and what I like about what we're seeing from this football team right now is that linebacker, we're seeing guys seize hold of jobs. Yes. That's mine. Yes. No, I'm not going to be, you know, that's Maris, that's Drew White, that's Jack Kaiser. The second part is we're seeing guys say, no, I'm not content being third string. I don't care if you started last year. I'm coming for you. That's J.D. Bertrand. And that's where you want to be as a, as, a, as a unit is, hey, this, you know, Paul Moalo is a good football player. But yeah. He's battling to get on the field because of how well Jack Kaiser and Isaiah Pryor. That's where you want to be. Absolutely. You know, Bo Bauer was poised for a breakout in many people's minds, but – you know, right now he's the number two Mike linebacker. Why? Not because Bo's not playing well. It's because Drew has said, nope, this is mine. I got this. Right? And, and so that's where my confidence level in this unit has just really skyrocketed, Vince, mm-hmm. is just I see a group that is that is just significantly better than it was last year. In my, yes. per- it, um, It's a sort of a prediction, but it's what we've also seen. Because, look mm-hmm. – when we, you know, we didn't see practices last year, right? But when you watch the games, it was pretty obvious that Will Linebacker was a liability. Yes. I, and I have, I don't know what was happening in practice. I had a couple sources tell me that, no, that's pretty much what you see every day from Shane Simon. And, and, uh, he just still, just, it was a mystery to a lot of people that I know why he started last year. And, and that's what I've seen from him yeah. at practice this yeah. year. I, I, I've seen him get washed out and, you know, not not coming downhill the way he needs to come downhill. You know, that that's what I've seen as well. Uh, this practice or I mean, it, this season in, in the fall. And again, it's a snapshot, but it backs up everything that we're mm-hmm. being told and everything that we saw in games last year. Right. Uh, very similar. So I guess I'm not all that surprised, but very happy that. JD and 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 Marist are doing what they're supposed to do, or what they're doing right. currently, uh, to seize hold of that job. So, right. you know, I look. Do I feel bad for Shane Simon? I'm to a degree. He he was a starter. He's probably not going to be a starter anymore. Um, but well, at least based on what we've seen. Now, again, right. he could the light could go on for Shane. Here's the thing about Shane though: is he's talented True. enough and athletic enough to where if the light goes on, look out. He's gonna he's gonna change the the narrative a little bit. Sure. You know, so that's that's also something yeah. that I, I say we need to need to be a little mindful of because he he could quickly that's go fair. change that narrative real fast. Yeah, that's fair. real fast. So linebacker, we we know where we're at secondary wise. I think safety. You know, we'll talk about Kyle Hamilton when we get into the MVP section. I'm sure. I still feel like the bigger storyline is what happens next. And that's where we kind of get back to Mark's question. You know, we'll bring that up again. He goes, what's the biggest change from last year to this year that leads to confidence for Houston Griffith to finally reach his potential other than the new DC. And, and to me, it's not just if the new DC, I'll say this. If Marcus Freeman came to Notre Dame, made the same phone calls to Houston Griffith that he made. And the position coach was the same. Houston Griffith isn't playing at Notre Dame right now. I think it's I think it's the combination of that plus a new position coach. And, and Chris O'Leary being someone that Houston and a lot of the players knew and respected right. and wanted as a position coach. Right. I think it, it's that combination. You needed a wholesale change for Houston to, number one, come back, and number two, to have all the barriers broken down to where you could say, hey, look, man, this is this, you, there's no one else to blame anymore. It's up to you now. And and I think so far Houston has seized hold of that. Yeah, and I, I will I will give you some empirical evidence to that as well. 
Um, you know, we've seen uh, Kyle Hamilton's reps limited in fall practice, uh, you know, due to the fact that he's coming off surgery, obviously, in the spring and, and recovery from that. And, you know, he's been battling a few minor things and there's no point in getting your All-American mm-hmm. a bunch of reps. Like he knows what he's supposed to do. So, I mean, that that's OK. But because of that, Houston Griffith is now kind of the de facto leader in the defensive secondary during practice. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen with my own with my own eyes, right? Um, I've seen the leadership uh, from Houston Griffith vocally. Um, I've seen it physically, you know, getting in the front of lines, you know, being that guy. He's putting people in the right positions in the defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. He's talking to guys. The communication is great. Like I don't remember now. Again, we had didn't see practice last year. But I don't remember hearing the voice of Houston Griffith in the past. Okay. Um, and so guys don't talk unless they're confident. They just don't. And you might hear trash talking. That's not the talk I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about, hey, you need to be here. You need to be there. Calling out coverages, calling out offensive plays on the defensive side. Like that's what I'm hearing from Houston Griffith. And then he's backing it up with his play as well uh at least in practice so that's the difference for me i'm seeing him just carry himself with more confidence i'm hearing more confidence and i'm seeing it uh and so that leads me to be just a you know lack of a thesaurus in front of me to be more confident in what houston griffith is going to bring to the table as that extra safety that second safety uh next to kyle hamilton to me, it's about it's about opportunity, and I think that's what Marcus Freeman and Chris O'Leary have provided him—an opportunity, an opportunity for a fresh start, mm-hmm. an opportunity to say, "Hey, look, the mistakes you've made in the past are gone. I'm not worry right. about those anymore. It's clean slate. Uh, the things that you feel may have done been done to you that were outside of your control; those things are gone. That's not it's not a conversation anymore. The head coach, the defensive coordinator, the position coach all expressed the desire to have you as part of the football team. They've now given you an opportunity to say, hey, we're going to judge you on who you are from now moving forward. That's hard to do if you don't have a new position coach. That's hard to do when the person that's there is the same one that you, right or wrong, felt was the person keeping me from reaching my potential. Not me, him. Well, that's now it's okay. Look, that doesn't exist. Do you think we have a personal issue with you as well for some reason that no one can explain? Or is it, hey, look, that's gone. That's in the past. All that's in the past is time to go. Yeah. Now, I don't expect Houston to be an All-American this year. I don't expect him to play like a first-round draft pick. I just think he's going to be a steady, solid, good football player. That's what that's he, needs, all to he be, needs to be. Yeah, right, that's exactly. what he needs to be. Wait, explain why. Like explain why. Because it's been a while since we talked about it. Explain why yeah. Houston just being a good solid consistent football player is so important for this football team because you need to be able to count on Houston Griffith to do his job so that Kyle Hamilton can do his job and you can use Kyle Hamilton to the best of his ability moving him around the defense because remember last year you had Kyle Hamilton on one side of the defense and you had I don't know a Buckus award winner on the other side of the defense and so it it was kind of like brackets like okay pick your poison which side are you going to go to right well, this year, now you've got Kyle Hamilton, right? He's the known commodity. And so, look, Marcus Freeman, like he's the ultimate, and to, to go back to the chess uh, analogy, he's the ultimate queen on the chessboard. Like he's the guy that you want to use in all these different ways. You can put him on the line of scrimmage. You can put him at the second level. You can have him play center field. You can have him blitz. You can have him covering a slot if you wanted to. I mean, there's a million different things you can do with Kyle Hamilton if the other safety is a guy that you can trust to do his job. If he's not doing his job, well, now you need Kyle Hamilton to kind of stay back and be uh, kind of an old school safety where he's kind of covering center field all the time. Yeah, he might play the alleys and things like that, but he needs to cover for the guy who's next to him. Right, kind of a la what um, what Drew White was doing at linebacker, covering for the will. Right. Well, if you can trust that Houston Griffith is doing his job, that just opens up just a world of possibilities for what you can do with Kyle Hamilton. And again, you can also do a lot of fun things with Houston Griffith too, um, because of what Kyle Hamilton can do. Right. Because 
people aren't they're going to test three why would you not right i mean if you're going to go up the middle if you're going to be doing certain things you're going to test the non kyle hamilton player so houston griff is going to get plenty of opportunities here to do some special things there's no question about it Mm -hmm. um but this defense is at its best when kyle hamilton can be moved around and played with um and and you need you need houston griffith to be steady at the very least steady so that you can do that and I'd go beyond that. I, I think they need more than just Houston Griffith to step up. I think sure. they need at least two more guys because number what well, you need at least one more guy, ideally two more. And what I mean by that is, is you can't just have Houston and Kyle because otherwise those guys are going to have to come off the field at some point in time. Right. What happens when they do? Is it sure. kind of like a deal where we we saw in, you know Clemson in 2018 when Julian Love came off the field and they went right at they went right at Dante Vaughn? Our team's going to say, hey, look. GA, spotter, analyst, whoever's responsible for that. Let me know when 14's not on the field. Right. Let me know when three's not on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we do that, here's our package for that. And that's what good offensive coordinators are going to do. Absolutely. You're going to say, hey, look, when so if, th- if it's a team that's a heavy rotation team, when so-and-so's on the field, number one, we know they're going to be less aggressive maybe in coverage. But number two, we know if we there's we know there's ways we can formationally get that guy in coverage. And we're going to go after them. And and those are things that teams will do to say, hey, look, yeah, Notre Dame has the best safety in the country. Their number two safety is a pretty good football player. But if their number three and number four safeties can't play and are liabilities, then it's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So those are those are issues. And so what if something happens and Kyle gets ejected again in the middle of a game when Houston's already in the lineup? Right. Right. Uh, right. What if Kyle goes gets hurt again? Look, he, he was battling an ankle injury. What if it's more severe this time? Sure. You know, so those are the things you say is like, look, you can't just you can't just have one guy at a position anymore because there's so much that can happen with the targeting rule, with injuries, with covid, you know, all those different things going on. You could have a guy you could think you're going to have a guy. And then on Friday, he tests positive and and for covid and he's out. You know what I mean? Well, what are you going to do? That's that's the big concern for me at safety is if Houston plays well, I, I think the starting states are going to be fine, mm-hmm. but they're going to need D.J. Brown to be a better football player this year. They're going to need somebody, K.J. Wallace, Litchfield Ajavon, Justin Walters, a, a corner that moves there. They're, they're going to need somebody to step up and play there this year besides those two, and that to me is probably the biggest question mark I have on this team from a total overall standpoint. I think there are other questions on defense, Vince, but for me, that that one is beyond the starters. That's the biggest question mark that I have. Well, and, and we've, we've talked about this a bunch. Um, I apologize. I'm looking down because I'm just looking at the roster here at all the DBs that are on here. And mm-hmm. we have talked a lot about the lack of depth, the per- lack of perceived depth at the safety position. Mm-hmm. And somebody is going to have to step up. Um, you know, I thought DJ Brown has played – fine uh up to this point again small window um i i've been very impressed with kj wallace what he what he's been doing when he's had an opportunity to get out there if i'm not mistaken he's been kind of running with that second group uh-huh. uh which means he's impressing you know o- uh, coach o'leary and coach freeman as well so um that's i don't know if that's good and bad uh because you've got a true freshman that's that's now rolling with the twos and we know that you're going to dip into the twos at safety. You just are. It's just from a rotation standpoint. And so, you know, how confident are you putting a true freshman out there in the back of that defense, right? And so, you know, like Brian said, to echo what he said, whoever's going to be spotting, they see 16 get out there. Oh, oh true freshman, let's pick on that kid. Um, it, it sounds like there may be that opportunity. And how is he going to rise to the challenge? So that that is a huge question mark. You know, what is that going to look like? And we – Look, we've talked about DJ Brown in the past. He's a solid football player. He's nothing amazing, right? He can go in there, and I think he can hold things down, and I think he has been doing that in the fall. Uh, but could he be a liability when he's out there? It's possible. It depends on how much he has to play. Exactly, right. And so if there's an injury if there's an injury to either one of those, those number one guys, I think we're having a different conversation here, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and so that is a worry. That is a question. And so we're going to have to see how things play out, of course. But this is the one spot where I'm, jo- I'm not confident in the depth just yet Yeah. until I see a little bit more on game day, if that's fair. Yeah, here's 
let's transition to cornerback because yeah. I think what happens to cornerback this season is going to have a great impact on the present and future at safety. What I mean by that is there's a kid playing field corner right now named Clarence Lewis mm-hmm. who's expected to start a corner. Mm-hmm. He's a good football player. Whether it's this year or next year, I still believe that Clarence Lewis's best path to being a professional football player is as a safety, not a corner. That's just my opinion. Uh, I think his game is better suited for that. The somewhat liabilities that he has are are negated if he's playing safety over corner. And I think the strengths that he has as a player are accented as a safety more than as a corner. That doesn't mean he's not their second best corner right now. Right. Because clearly he is. But I feel like if Tariq Bracey can prove himself this season and say, hey, you're going to come out and play well in games, not in practice, in games. Right. If Ramon Henderson can step up and be a, a guy that you can count on, if one or two of the freshmen step up and prove to be a guy that you can count on, that may be the answer if there's an injury at safety. It may be, look, who's our next best DB? Well, our next debt and best DB, for example, is actually Ramon Henderson or Ryan Barnes or Philip Riley or Chance Tucker or JoJo Johnson or Caleb Offord. You know, if it's somebody like that, then you may say, hey, you know what? We're all about getting our best guys on the field, right? So if our next best DB is Ramon Henderson, let's just say the light goes on for Ramon. Brian Kelly's praised him. He, We've always said that the, the athleticism is there. Is he a football player or not? That's right. the question with Ramon Henderson. Right. You know, he's 6'1 plus. He had great track times in high school. Can, it, can that turn into him being a good football player? We don't know the answer to that. But if it does, that could eventually be your answer. That could not only be your answer for this year, but that could be your answer moving forward too. Sure. Is, okay, now, yes, you lose Kyle Hamilton to the NFL. You're not going to have another Kyle Hamilton on the football team next year, so don't act like you have one. But now all of a sudden you put a guy like Clarence Lewis next to Houston Griffith, and, okay, I feel really good about that. But that requires other players stepping up a corner. That And and that's the other big question mark on this defense is cornerback is are are they going to get good enough play cornerback to allow this football team to to, to take advantage of that depth? Because it's one thing to have depth from a number standpoint. It's another thing to have depth from a quality of play standpoint. That, to me, is a much bigger question mark for Notre right. Dame. Right. Are, 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 is, your, is your depth – does depth equal good play? Right. And and that's the – we won't know the answer to that till we get to games. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I because I think there's a lot of talent in the depth chart at corner, and I'm not saying there's not talent at safety, but there's more talent at the it's, corner. Let's position. be honest; it's, it's not just, as look we we don't we, we don't have to like protect people's feelings. They're, right? They're, there's, there's more there's talent. More talent at corner. You go after number one, right. right? You get down to the fourth, fifth, sixth cornerback. I'm sorry, it's just it's it's there's more confidence there. There's more depth there than yes. there is at safety. It just right. is. Yeah, and look, there's there's not a lot of uh, of returning production at corner, but there's talent at corner. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I'm confident in the depth at corner. I just need to see it. I mean, we, we just need to see who's going to step up, who's going to be that guy, who's going to do what, uh, you know, in this rotation at corner, you know, what's that going to look like? But I love what I love what that room looks like. I, I, I love it. And, I, and it's only going to get better, you know, as we move forward. But for this year, I still feel – that there's plenty of talent at corner. Um, and, and I think it's going to come to fruition, you know, during the season. I really do. I, I, I'm high on it. Right. Look, we know. High I'm on it, but like you said, we've got to see it. Yeah, we've I need to see, see it. it. And that's the other part it. of the cornerback position, right? So we'll kind of segue away from how corner can help safety and kind of get back to, okay, how's this going to help the Notre Dame football team, right? At corner, just at corner. And that's where Cam Hart, the Cam Hart conversation comes into play. How good's Cam Hart going to be? You're right. Right? I mean – Look, you've talked about how great you know Kevin Austin's making great plays, and all. well, look, Kevin Austin's not the only really good receiver that Cam Hart's going to face this year. Absolutely, he's going to face you know some good athletes at Florida State. Not the talent that people think is there. He's going to face a heck of a, co- a receiver at against Purdue. Now, at times, David Bell's going to move all over. It won't be David Bell versus Cam Hart all day, but there will be times he's going to be matched up against him. He's going to be matched up against Milton Wright from Purdue at times. Good football player. You you look at uh, you get to Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. You get mm-hmm. to USC, Drake London. You know, again, he won't be matched up against Drake London all the time. Drake London plays a lot in the slot, but there's going to be guys at times. He's going to be matched up against some good football players. He's going to have to step up and make plays. He's going to have to be consistent. 
he's going to have to make more plays on the ball. Just being in coverage is is fine, but at some point in time, you got to start making plays on the ball. Right. Now, the things we hear about Cam are great. I hear nothing but great things about Cam. You say you saw him at practice. You like what he does. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody else has beaten him except for Kevin Austin. Exactly. You know, so you get into those kind of things and say, boy, you know, but but what does that mean Kevin Austin is ready to be great, or does that just mean Cam Hart's not as good? And that's the thing I hate about camp in college, Vince, is you don't really know, are we just really that good, or is the other side of the ball not good? And you right. don't know the answer exactly. to that until you get to the game start playing other teams. Right. And so that's that's one of the things that counts. That, yeah. yeah. That's one of the things that can be a, a tad nerve wracking. Part of it, you know, because you know, you've said, hey, look, I can evaluate this compared to what we've been in the past and we're better there or not as good or whatever. But there's still a little bit of that, you know. And I, I can tell you with confidence that there were coaches at Notre Dame in 2017 that were a little nervous about their defense going into 2000, to the 2017 season just because they like, OK, are we really that good on the offensive line? You know, are we really that good at running the football that? that we can't stop them like ever then you found out yeah yeah they yeah. are yeah <laughs> they, they are that good so so to me cam is a is still a bit of an unknown commodity it's sure. like it's, it's, oh, absolutely we're, we're, we talk about him as if it was like oh yeah it's no brainer that cam's gonna be good and i'm not gonna be shocked if cam's good but we still need to see it right mm-hmm. i mean and that's where that's where i guess i have a little bit more trepidation about the defense than than maybe i should based on recent successes because there are some unknown commodities at some pretty important positions, safety and corner. Sure. And, and and that's where, you know, if you play a team that maybe can protect the quarterback, that maybe can win some battles that you're not expecting to win from the front four and the, the front seven, do they have the cover players to, to, to make up for that? That, that to me still remains arguably the biggest question about mm-hmm. this entire football team, because you can be great in the front Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.